1: It is time for First Strike, First Look right here on Visa. And I am Dave Ross. I'm going to talk with Nick Kalikas today about the upcoming UFC Fight Night this Saturday night. And Nick, it's great to have you in the program as we always do on First Strike. And you are the man, obviously, who sets all the numbers that we see when we do the show out of Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And you set all of those fight numbers for us. Before we look ahead to this week's card, I did want to look back at UFC 272 last week and see how you guys fared i i saw it felt like there was some money that came in late on jorge masvidal and it actually got Kobe covington down uh, i know he's still over a three dollar favorite is that the way the money came in on masvidal so i'm assuming it was a good night for the books
0: Yeah, you know what? Everything kind of pretty much went as expected as far as the Covington Masvidal fight, where the action was. We were parlay heavy on the Covington side, but the straight bets did come in as expected uh, by fight day on the Masvidal side. So we were a little bit heavier on the straights with Masvidal, but our liability on Covington with the parlays actually outweighed everything. So we did take a small loss because we had so many parlays tied into the Covington side on that main event. And from top to bottom, I mean, with RDA winning, there was a lot of multiple parlays with RDA and Covington. So Mm -hmm. Holland, RDA, Covington, all those things so yeah we lost a little bit on parlays but overall the event went as expected it was pretty good
1: yeah and a pretty chalky night there and i know that's never normally what the books want obviously uh if people are betting the favorites which they they tend to do and when you look ahead to this week's card you're going to have a similar situation here with magomed Ankalev against uh, tiago santos and and uh, Ankalaev right now we're seeing it priced almost to six dollars in the market what, what's the number where did it start for you and has it moved since you open up this line
0: I actually went market high with this number because I think stylistically it's a nightmare matchup for Santos. I mean, you know we have to respect the Santos side. The guy has so much power. I mean, he, he's been in there with the best of the best as well, and he could get it done for sure. He's a dangerous fighter. But that being said, stylistically, this is a nightmare matchup for him. I mean, Ankalayev could strike with him. He could take him down. He's, he's the better wrestler, of course. He has so many paths to victory in this spot that I actually – went a little bit higher than the current market pricing that was out there. I opened at minus 470 when there was like 400s out there, lower 400s. And now I'm actually increasing the line as we go, because I don't want to get in that situation like we did kind of last weekend. And again, it can't be helped a lot of times. You're going to get parlay action on b- these big chalk favorites like we just discussed. Mm-hmm. But I think the parlays are going to continue to roll in on the Ankaliev side. So I, I'm kind of trying to protect that side a little bit, because I do think he gets it done this weekend. So he right now he's at minus 505, and we open him at minus 470.
1: When I look at the uh, the over-under for the total rounds here, remember, of course, everybody out there, because it is a main event, it is a potentially five-round matchup. And I'm seeing three and a half, which is a total you don't see a whole lot. Traditionally, it could be two and a half. If they really think it's a quick night, maybe one and a half. But this is an interesting number to me. And I'm seeing it juice pretty evenly here around minus 115 so far for Santos and Anklev. What'd you make of that number of starting it there at three and a half? Because, again, to me, Nick, I don't see that number uh, out there very often.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a good spot because you don't want to go four and a half here because a lot of people are going to go on the under for sure. There's no question about it because I don't expect this fight to actually hit the scorecards and go all five rounds. In fact, if anything, the under three and a half probably still has a little bit of value because there's a lot. That's a long way to go for both these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are both heavy hitters, and like I said, Nikolayev's path on the ground is there as well. So I think three and a half is more fair in a situation like this. If you go four and a half, there's no question we would get buried on the under. Right now, we're still probably going to be a little bit heavier on the under three and a half as well as we go by fight day. But again, we'll adjust and make some you know minor tweaks here and there so we don't get too buried on that underside. But I expect the three and a half to at least get us a little bit more two way action.
1: Yeah, it's a great point too, Nick, because again, we mentioned it with UFC two seventy-two, both Colby Covington and the main event in RDA and the Comey and I believe are about four and a half, and both those fights did go over. And I know a lot of people were playing those unders, uh, assuming it, it would be one of those type of nights, and it was exactly as you had predicted, and the way you set those numbers. So again, three and a half is what we're seeing right now for the main event in this one. Talk with Nick Calikus. Again, follow him on Twitter as I do at fight odds. Does a great job of setting those numbers each and every week. So, Nick, when you have a, a fight card like this coming off of ufc 272 where obviously because it's a pay-per-view because you have big time draws you get a lot of the eyeballs and attention out there what do you see on the on uh, typically on a week after a major pay-per-view when you put those numbers out are you look the sharps coming in early and then the general public coming in late as we get closer and closer to saturday Yeah, we do get some sharp action
0: early on. Um, We've taken already some decent sharp action, some over the limit bets um, on this card as well. We We typically do. Uh, So, yeah, you'll see some sharp bites along the way. And then, of course, more public action will come in uh, by fight day as well. But I think the pay-per-view did so much handle. I mean, we did so much right on this last pay-per-view card. I think that will carry over to this card as well. It just seems like MMA and UFC, obviously, in particular, continues to grow as far as the sports betting handle every week. I mean, like, I I love to see it, to be honest with you, because, again, we get so much crossover from professional bettors that are betting other sports that want to take a stab in the UFC and enjoy watching the fights as well. So, that's The handle continues to climb and increase every week. So I expect this handle to be a lot better than people uh, anticipate.
1: It's a great point, Nick. And again, I I I love Major League Baseball. Who doesn't? But in their absence, the professional gambler is going to look elsewhere. And to your point about MMA and certainly the UFC in specifics, it's starting to blow up, and people are finding that market out there. And and people like yourselves that put those numbers out, uh, you you are starting to get much more action than maybe we saw in years past. So we'll see how that plays out with maybe maybe even a bigger spotlight put on UFC and other non-baseball sports as they continue their labor negotiations. Uh, Let's. Let's talk more about this card tomorrow. Marlon. Morais on this uh, card against Song Yadong, And this is an interesting uh, matchup. At one point, I looked at Morais, Nick, and I thought, all right, this is a future champion. Didn't exactly work that way out. And now he's over a $2 underdog to Song Yadong. What are you seeing here market-wide and any action so far coming in on the Brazilian underdog?
0: Yes, we are getting action on the underdog. I'm not going to go crazy, though, moving the line down too much and overreact on this early action because I expect we'll get some – Decent bites, some sharp bites back on the song side as we get closer to fight day as well. And at this point of his career, you know what? I just don't trust Morace. I mean, he's like you said, there was a lot of high expectations coming into his UFC debut being a champion in another organization. I mean, the guy is one of the best strikers I've seen in the sport of MMA. I mean, just so Mm -hmm. precise, you know, technical, he's got the knockout power just so great. But his durability since he's entered the UFC hasn't been there. I mean, I think he is showing signs of a decline fighter and unfortunately for him in this matchup against song, I think song is durable, right? He's going to be able to bring that pressure and when he hits, he hits hard. I mean, he, he definitely does some damage. That's why I don't trust Maurice in this spot. I think he could be doing pretty good until he's not sort of speak. Right. So I think this is just a difficult matchup at this point of his career for song. So I'm going to try to keep this line on the higher side if possible, because I do want to try to draw a little bit more action on the dog this point
1: yeah no question again i was there in chicago when he fought henry cejudo for the belt it feels like years ago now nick and after that fight i'll never forget uh waiting to do the press avail and i look right next to me and who is it it's marlon morais who is still in his fight garb still battered and bruised and i i didn't even know what to say because you're in that human moment and i just kind of looked at him and nodded my head like i appreciate your value vow val- uh, valor but it felt like a broken fighter and i don't know if he's ever really recovered uh, from that instance many years ago we'll find out against song yadong you mentioned durability for yadong here uh the over under you set it right even uh for a three round fight here at one and a half rounds I'm mm-hmm. seeing it just a little bit to the over at minus 130. what type of action do you think you're going to see here on the total?
0: I think we'll see some balance 2 action here because one and a half over slightly with some chalk I think is about right because it, that being said, with the durability factor, I still think there's a good chance that it goes over seven and a half minutes, right? And a lot of people are going to believe in that as well, thinking, okay, now these guys aren't giving Morais probably enough respect here. This fight could possibly hit the scorecards and it very well could, but I think that's why we'll see some balanced action here again because I think there's going to be a lot of doubters in the Morais side that will take that bite on the under, um, again, because he hasn't been that durable, but at the same time, I think people are going to, anticipate that this line might be a little short and bet on the over. So I, I expect to have solid two-way action on this total. You know what? From top to bottom, that's probably the best way to be positioning-wise for us as a sportsbook as far as these totals goes. because totals honestly are typically a little bit weaker. Like we talked about before, there's a lot of people that are modeling these totals now and a lot of people that are looking to bet these because they know there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of spots that you could definitely take advantage of, right? So if we can get some balance on some of these totals, I think that's probably the best way for us.
1: This is First Strike First Look here on VEASAN talking with Nick Kalikas. Follow him on Twitter at Fight Oz. Does a great job of setting the numbers. And Nick, I'm always curious during uh, fight nights like a big card like UFC 272 and even a fight night like this one coming up on Saturday when I'm seeing you on Twitter and you're doing those in rounds. You're doing the, the live wagering as well for some of these fights. And boy, you get a pendulum swinging back and forth with some of these numbers going in each direction. Are people starting to get involved in that market as well with the live uh, wagering in, in, in between rounds for these fights?
0: Yeah, you know, we are starting to see an increase in handle between rounds. It's tough because, it, you know, there's so limited amount of time between routes to, to get right. in there, you know, to go up to the counter or even the app. You know, I mean, we don't just take uh, bets over the counter for the in game. You can obviously log in and bet on the app as well. But again, it's kind of a limited window because it is in between rounds. But we are seeing a, a little bit more action and more handle increasing there as well, because I think people are starting to realize that we are offering it and, you know, they want to get down and we do have fair limits with the end game as well. But you, like you said, it's fun because there are so many swings with the oh. line movements. I mean, if, if you time it right, you could definitely like scalp and, and make an earn on, you know, and it's single fight. It doesn't have to be across sure. a few fights or whatnot. Right. You could scalp a single fight while we put up the line of uh, live line because, again, the amounts of swings that we get back and forth. And on top of it, the judging, as we all know, is just <laughs> horrific. I mean, overall. So you just don't know what these guys are going to score these fights sometimes, even if it, especially if it's a close fight. So that being said, you've got to kind of have to factor in the judges that you never know what they're going to do. And uh, on top of it, of course, like who's winning the fight. And then there are swings. I think a lot of sports books out there have difficulty um, lining these live betting lines between rounds because I really don't think a lot of them, dig into the fighters as much. So that a Mm -hmm. fighter could come out swinging, win the first round, but if the cardio is not there, then they fade in round two, round three, and you could definitely pick up some value on those type of situations as well.
1: No question about it. And boy, everybody that's lost the fight to a split decision goes, how in the world did I lose that fight? Hey, judging, that's why they say never leave it in the hands of the judges. Don't let it go to the scorecard so you don't have to have that debate. Uh, Looking at this card, and again, it is a a deep card. Drew Dober against Terrence McKinney is intriguing to me. I'm just curious – how do you set the lines on short-notice fighters like a Terrence McKinney who's going to hop back into the octagon here? I see he's a small underdog here. How do you factor that in? And I know it was tough last week with Moicano uh, doing that against RDA.
0: Yeah, I think McKinney, though, is a different situation. Obviously, he's going to have less travel time, um, you know, not fighting – too long ago and, and getting a successful win like you did look great. I think there's a lot of momentum on his side as well. And stylistically, this is a pretty good matchup for both fighters. I think this is going to be a very competitive fight because they have a lot of similarities to their game. So I, I like this fight for McKinney stepping in against a guy like Dober. If he can pick off Dober here, he's definitely on his way to another level, I think, right now, too, because Dober does have that kind of respect that a lot of the fans can really get behind him because they see the improvements in his game. Right? So Dober is one of these guys that's kind of excelled towards the top of the division, rightfully so, right? 155 pounds. Obviously we know it's a shark tank and Dober's right there in the (laughs) mix because he could finish you. Obviously he's got some wrestling and he's got some grappling ability too, and he puts on fun performances. So I think here in this particular spot, McKinney matches up relatively well. The market opened closer to 200, I believe maybe a little bit over 200. And then uh, we did, put up the line a little bit lower here because I do think that people are going to get on the McKinney train and bet him. So I'm trying to kind of protect his side a little bit. So we did undercut the market and we are taking some dog action on the McKinney side. So it continues to drop. And I think we'll see that line drop even more But before we go to fight time.
1: It, this does have a pandemic feel to it in the rise of Terrence McKinney, kind of like a Cosmic Chimaev, where just all of a sudden he feels like he's fighting every weekend and he's starting to fight bigger and bigger names. And before you know it, McKinney might find himself, to your point, on a different uh, side of that bracket here at 155 pounds if he keeps knocking off these names. This is the biggest one to date, of course, in Drew Dober. But again, he is the underdog in this one. Hey, Nick, very quickly, before we wrap it up here, I look at, across the board and it's, it's a pretty deep card uh, coming off the heels of UFC 272 when you have a Jillian Robertson She's fighting. Uh, when you look at uh, uh, obviously we mentioned Dober against McKinney, Cleo Roundtree's back on this card here. Uh, we got Alex Caceres. Uh, we got him on the card. He's always a popular fighter to watch. Uh, are you seeing again? Uh, is there a fight on this card deeper in that maybe you think might get some unexpected traffic?
0: Well, I mean, the Roberson fight, like you just mentioned against Roundtree, that fight mm. has been getting crazy action. I mean, the line, I said it at exactly a pick em fight. Everybody had Roundtree as a slight favorite at that time. I went flat, minus 110 each way. We had a little bit of a scalp on the board compared to some of the market prices that were out there, protecting the Roberson side. And we did get some uh, – sharp action coming in to hit that Roberson side again, and it was more than our typical standard limits at the time. So I respected that action. We moved into a scalp situation to the market. Then we drew a lot of action back on Roundtree. So we we ended up earning pretty well, to be honest with you, with that initial action between uh, the bets that we got early on Roberson and then the buyback on Roundtree. We were in a really good position. And then as soon as the line settled again, we did get another bite on the Roberson side from sharp action as well. So that's why we're sitting where we are right now. Minus 138 plus 18 for the roundtree fight. I'll tell you what, it's amazing because like I said, this is going to be a very fun fight. Both these guys are obviously two strikers, high level strikers, and there's a lot of knockout potential for sure. But I do think the Roberson side seems to be the sharper side. And a lot of people are agreeing with me on that point. So I'm going to be curious to see where this closes because it can't get too crazy high because the roundtree side of it, again, he's got so much knockout power. It doesn't take much for this guy to knock anybody out. But that being said, I think Roberson is the better overall fighter, and I think he's a better striker. So it should show here, and that's where we're getting a lot of action. I wasn't uh, anticipating that much, I guess, on this particular fight, this early on at least.
1: No, again, when you go, and that's like the fourth fourth fight away from the uh, the main event. That's how deep, sneaky deep, this this fight card is coming up on Saturday night. And uh, Nick, Nick, always appreciate you having in. Again, everybody that watches us on Veasan, be able to check us back out on Friday for First Strike. But uh, really, always appreciate your conversations and your time, Nick. So again, follow him on Twitter as I do at Fight Odds. He is Nick Kalikas, and we'll see him on Friday. And that's gonna do it for this edition of First Strike, First Look on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.